Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, pay dirt! Pay dirt! Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to Pay Dirt, a Penn State football show. Sitting in for Tom Hannafin and Matt McGloin. I'm Andrew Clay, along with former Penn State and NFL defensive end Jack Crawford. Jack, we're going to get to you in just one second. Buckle in. This is going to be a good show. But first of all, Funk Brewing. This show is brought to you by our sponsors, Funk Brewing, the official craft beer partner of Paydirt. We're big fans of Funk Citrus IPA and Silent Disco IPA. But don't forget our official beer, the Paydirt IPA, is available in Funk's tasting rooms as well as beer distributors and grocery stores right now. Funk has so many great beers to choose from, from their tap rooms in Emanis, Elizabethtown, and York, right here in Pennsylvania. You can find a variety of Funk Brewing beers at your favorite beer distributor and grocery store. Visit funkbrewing.com to learn where you and how you can get their fantastic products. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. Also, Paydirt is brought to you by our partners at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game bettings to props and futures. Head to betonline.com. AG today or use your mobile device to join and place your first bet. Use our promo code believe 50 to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Pater is presented by bet online where the game starts. Also, we invite you to head over to shop.believe.com. That's shop shop.believe.com and search Pater for our two t-shirts one has the official show logo over the heart. It comes in white, navy blue, and black. And the other is navy blue t-shirt. It has the Pater wordmark over the heart. And on the back, circa the 2012 Penn State football season, it has Matt McGloin's name and number. It's very fitting as this is the season, the 20th anniversary, the 10th anniversary, I should say, of the Nittany Lion football team. Again, head to shop.believe.com. That's shop.believe.com and search Paydirt for our two t-shirts. And thank you for tuning in in our ESPN Radio State College, as well as checking out the podcast version of the show presented by the Believe Network, which is now available on YouTube as well as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, hit us up on Twitter and let us know what you think of the show at ESPN Radio 1037, at Matt McGloin QB11, and at Tom Hannafin. Okay, now we can get to the man, Jack Crawford. Jack Penn State coming off a 33-14 victory. A bit of an uninspiring win for the Nittany Lions, but I'd like yeah. to hear your thoughts on the win. Yeah, man, you know, you kind of called it. It was... Uh... One of those games where you're going to go back into the locker room and you tell yourself, at least you got the win. You know, as a as a head coach, you can sleep at night. As a team, you can sleep at night that you got the win. But at the end of the day, it wasn't the win you wanted necessarily against a team that you probably should have beat pretty convincingly outright. You know, throughout the whole game, you should have dominated. So, um, you know, it wasn't necessarily the most convincing win, but a win is a win and it's something to learn off. 
Now you sound like James Franklin, one and zero every week. That's his mentality. Yeah, I've been hearing a Jack, lot. You, <laughs> you you come off the big win at Auburn, and and we hear this all the time about trap games. Is that something we make up in the media, or is that something that's very real that you have to block out? No, it's. I mean, it's a hundred percent. It's a real thing at every level of the game. I mean, from college to the NFL, you have games where you know. Auburn, where you're getting your mind right from before the season starts to play a team like Auburn. And obviously they play Purdue early, so they were tested. But, um, you know, coming off a win like that, your emotions are high. You tend to think that you're unstoppable as a team, as a defense, offense. You know, you've got so many weapons. And then you start to get a little bit comfortable. And it usually doesn't show up in places that you realize. I mean, Penn State has a whole lot of talent, but there's just a sense, there's a lack of urgency that kind of carries over when you go from playing a team like Auburn to next week playing a team like Central Michigan who came ready to fight. I mean, they had nothing to lose coming into Beaver Stadium. So, you know, Penn State got caught sleeping a little bit in the first half. Yeah, it was certainly an interesting game. It was 14-14 there late into the second quarter before that late touchdown by Katron Allen. Jack Katron, Nick Singleton, these two freshman running backs are just so electric and so dynamic. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was definitely impressed by watching them, just their toughness. You know, they're so young and they've got so much improvement, you know, so much improvement to do that uh, I'm excited for the future for these guys, you know, coming in to a program like Penn State where we have a legacy of good running backs, you know, coming in, stepping in early and putting up big performances back to back. It's encouraging. Yeah, remind you of some of the great running backs Penn State has had. I know it's been a few years since they really had this kind of momentum on the ground game, but it's certainly they, something they can build on. I want to talk to you about defense. I mean, you're a defensive guy. You played right. in the NFL for what, close to 10 years, right? Is yep. that correct? Yep, 10 years. What did you? What do you think of this Nittany Lion defense that seems to be very – it bends a fair bit, but it seems to come up with turnovers and, and big breaks? Um, you know, I was, well, I have to say, first of all, I'm impressed. You know, this team forcing four turnovers is a hell of a job. It doesn't matter who you're playing, you know, winning a football game is never easy, but, um, they were able to kind of, uh, you know, like you said, they, they, they bent a little bit. They should, from the performance they had last week against Auburn, you know, they should really have went lights out against central Michigan, but you know, they struggled to even hit you know, affect the quarterback really until the end of the game. You know, they, they only ended up with two sacks on the day and that both came on like the last drive of the game or the last couple of drives of the game. So as a defensive lineman, I would love to see the defensive line get after it a little bit when they can start, you know, building up some sacks against teams like Central Michigan. But, you know, at the end of the day, they got the win. They did what they had to do. It would have been, I'm sure that, you know, the defensive line coach is going to have a lot to say. Uh, to, well, when they go back to work or go back to the, you know, to the study room. But the secondary did great. And, uh, you know, a win is a win, like we said. Deny Danny Sutton. Uh, Deny Dennis Sutton had two of those sacks. He's an yeah. impressive true freshman. We got a lot. We saw a lot out of him, more than we, we normally have. But this team has a lot of young edge players, a couple younger guys on the inside. And of course, P.J. Mustafer. They rotate all of these guys in so much. Have you seen this sort of effort or have you been part of some sort of effort like this in your playing career where you guys are rotating that many guys in? And what's the advantage here? Yeah, so when you rotate players, it's um, it's almost like a style of, of defensive line play or coaching where 
you know, when I was at Penn State, we got comfortable with rotating a lot. And so we had a lot of guys who were able to play at that level at a div- at a Division One level in the Big Ten and rotate and keep that level of play going. Um, it really depends on the room you have. Like when I got to the NFL, there are some rooms where they have some, a few standout guys who are going to be on the field for eighty five to you know ninety percent of the time they're going to be on the field, and so. You know, and rotating with them, it's hard because you don't get on the field that much and then you get in and you're cold, you're stiff, you know, it's hard to kind of get in a rhythm. Um, But so it kind of goes to the kind of players you have in the room. And when you have some talent in the room, in the defensive line room, you can start throwing guys in there. You can start mixing these guys up so they come in fresh and they're able to play at a speed that the offensive line just can't keep up with. So, um, you know, it's encouraging to see some of these young guys come out early and or come out in the game like this and kind of put a good performance up. But um, overall, the defensive line, I mean, they gave up some yardage on the run game. And you, you just can't, you know, you can't be that successful if you're giving up, you know, runs like they did today. Obviously, Manny Diaz is a new defensive coordinator here at Penn State. How hard and how long does it take to really put in a new system? Because this is very different than what Brent Pry had been running previously. How long does it take to kind of learn the all the details oh i mean that's a tough question you know as a player we're expecting coaches to come in and know who we are and adjust to the players whereas some coaches come in and they say we're going to make the players adjust to our coaching scheme um it, you know some of it comes from the coach's ego some of it comes from uh, you know just a, a method in which they believe Wait, in. ego coaches have egos <laughs> yeah i mean I didn't know ca- coaches had egos in in some cases you know coaches egos start to come through but um yeah no it's uh it can be it can be a battle and it's never easy to kind of get the it's an art and this is what you know wins championships is finding the right coaches for the right defenses and get being able to get all of your players on the same page making a defense simple enough that your players can play at full speed but also kind of you know throw the other team off balance and and you know i, I think that the defense coordinator diaz he's been doing a good job so far i mean last week in auburn was was you know, super impressive game. So uh, I'm excited to see what is to come for the rest of the season. You mentioned how well the secondary play in this game. To you as a defensive guy, what specifically stands out? Oh, just the athleticism, man. They're all just super athletes, you know, and they're all kind of playing in unison. A, a secondary like that helps the, helps the defensive line, helps the linebackers get home. So, it's, uh, you know, you can't always rely on them, but they, they're athletes and they challenge and they play hard and they're physical too. So, I'm, you know, it's always a, uh, it's a blessing as a defensive lineman to have a secondary that can play like that. You know, we should be putting up a lot of sacks. You talk about athleticism. Abdul Carter is a guy who's played so well this season. He's a freshman. He's young. He's athletic. He's drawing Michael Parsons, LeVar Arrington comparisons. He wears number 11, so it's really easy to understand where those comps come from. But what do you see out of a guy like that that's so athletic? And what did you see out of him today that you liked? Um, you know, I like, you know, he likes to fly around. I saw some physical hits, which is like, you know, obviously as a linebacker, you expect a level of physicality out, out of them. But he, you know, he really threw his body in there, and he's so young that you can only expect that it's going to improve in the future. Um, you know, a guy like that, 
he's got off to a hot start at Penn State. You know, there's no better place to be a linebacker playing with number 11 on your back. Um, I, you know, I, I'm excited for his future. I'm not the type of person to speculate of what's to come. The sky's the limit as a player. You know, it's up to you how, how much you improve. So, you know, hopefully we see more out of him as the season goes on. You and I walked around Penn State campus. You didn't know me, but we walked around together, okay? Yeah. We were both on campus about the same time. The linebackers over the last couple of years are very different than the linebackers of yesteryear. Uh, those were the bigger, thicker, thumper, the Paul Puzlesny, mm-hmm. the Mike Hall type. But now okay. we're seeing more of the Jesse Lucettas, the Micah Parsons, the now mm-hmm. Abdul Carters. When you when you change to an athletic linebacker like that and go away from kind of that more Brian Erlacher style, how does that change what you can do defensively? Oh, I mean, there's so many variables in which the defense can change when you add some speed in there. And and that's not to take away from some of the speed that we've had. I mean, I've seen Sean Lee, you know, chase some guys down from across the field quicker than some, uh, you know, safety. So we have we've had so we've had some speed back there. Um, I just think that the game is evolving and defenses are evolving where linebackers are becoming more versatile. Sometimes they're rushing, you know, a lot of the times they're rushing the quarterback. Next thing you know, they're dropping in coverage. They're chasing guys, you know, from sideline to sideline. You've got guys like, uh, you know, Navarro Bowman, um, you know, Michael Parsons, uh, Gerald Hodges. There's guys who have come through the Penn State program who have just been absolute you know standout athletes and when you have a guy who's an athlete like that who can also kind of you know navigate the field who have had mentors like you know sean lee and and uh paul puzlasny and the mike halls uh when they come through and they you get these guys on the same page i mean there's nothing they can't do and there's nobody they can't stop it's just about you know who's got the will to win at the end of the day and then i guess the rest is just coaching yeah, and Dan Connor is currently on this staff. You want to name another drop, name drop another great Penn State linebacker. Oh, well, let's switch to the offensive side of the ball now. Sean Clifford was very, very inconsistent today. It's kind of been the story of his career, as well as Drew Aller has played. Do you think mm-hmm. at some point that there is a tough decision to be made if if Sean Clifford doesn't find consistency? Always, always. There's always that point of a tough decision because that's a coach's job and to have um you never want a quarterback or any other player on the field getting comfortable and you know today the coach is going to say good job you won the game you're the starting quarterback for next week but as a quarterback you should always be looking over your shoulder understanding that you're never safe you're never safe in there on the field just because you're the leader of the offense doesn't mean that your job is safe and you know, Sean Clifford, I mean, he's a hell of a player. And I'm not one to speak about, you know, criticizing what quarterbacks, what they should or shouldn't have done. He does take a lot of hits. What I've noticed is, I mean, when he runs the ball, he takes hits, which, you know, after playing in the league for 10 years as a quarterback, it's just not sustainable. Unless you're like Lamar Jackson, where somehow you can kind of, what you're the best like runner on the team also. But, um, yeah, Sean Clifford, I mean, for me, it stood out that he, you know, he takes a lot of hits. And today I felt like um, Central Michigan challenged him. They challenged him. I mean, Penn State have been relying on the run game. And now they challenged him. See, make him throw the ball. That's what we do as defensive linemen or a defensive coordinator. When we have doubts or we're skeptical about a quarterback's ability to throw, 
then we'll make them throw the ball. We just want to stop the run game. And that's what teams are going to do with Penn State because they understand that the running backs are where, you know, that's that's where they're dangerous. So, you know, we, he's going to keep getting tested. After, after a game like this, he's going to continue to get tested. And I'm sure he's going to be, you know, in his books watching tape and, and he's going to be um, he's going to be hard on himself to kind of keep improving throughout the year. Andrew Clay and Jack Crawford sitting in for Tom Hannafin and Matt McGloin today. Uh, Jack, of course, is a former Nittany Lion defensive end, played in the NFL for many years. I am the sports director over at Nittany Nation, WTAJ-TV here in Altoona and State College. We are talking about Penn State's offense today and specifically Jack, uh, specifically Sean Clifford. Uh, you mentioned they challenged him. You mentioned Central Michigan challenged him to win. What were they doing that was cha- to challenge him? Well, they were just they were stuffing the box. I mean, they weren't letting the runners get off early in the game, and they made a point about that. You know, I mean, I, I I'll blame it as a whole team effort, and it was as an offense. You know, maybe the offensive line weren't knocking D line back enough, um, but you know, it just was a. You know, you could see that Central Michigan were just stuffing the box, and they weren't. They were, you know, they were challenging. Uh, you know the Nittany Lion offense and the wideouts and, and Sean Clifford to kind of win their one-on-ones in the passing game. And man, they central Michigan showed a lot of heart today. I mean, to be honest, my, my analysis of the, my analysis of the game was that central Michigan came to play and they weren't backing down. Even in the fourth quarter, when the, when the wind became out of reach, they still weren't backing down. They were still getting off to the quarterback. I mean, I wasn't expecting to see Sean Clifford in, in the fourth quarter, but we did. And he played all the way up until the fourth. And, um, you know, you always want to put pressure on a starting quarterback uh, like Clifford. And you always want to have his backup like uh, Drew Allah kind of waiting, you know, and the crowd love him. He's a, he's a mountain of a man. But, um, you know, you also don't want to, you know, you don't want to play on the starting quarterback's confidence too much. So you got to kind of build him up build him up, but not let him get comfortable, which is a hard balance for an offensive coach to do. Um, so they're going to continue to challenge him. They're going to continue to stuff the box. All these teams that come into Beaver Stadium or the Penn State play on the road, they're going to continue to to load the box and just try to shut down those elusive running backs because they're very dangerous. And then they're going to challenge Clifford to kind of go to the air. Are you a fan of rivalries? Are you a fan of smack talk? Do you like to stand out from the crowd at tailgates? If so, head over to Smack Apparel and check out what their team is geared up for this football season. Their Let There Be White tee is the perfect gear for those famous whiteout games at Beaver Stadium. Or get straight to the point with the worst tee for all the Ohio State haters out there. Smack Apparel makes the gear that'll have everyone asking where you got it. They have the must-have tees for all your teams, including pro football, baseball, basketball every fan is covered head over to their website smackapparel.com and use the promo code paydirt at checkout for 10 percent off again that's smackapparel.com promo code paydirt at checkout why wear boring when you can wear smack flat should describe your tv not your tv sound experience your entertainment like never before with the new sonos ray this compact and easy to use soundbar puts you at the center of shows movies games and more with crisp highs and precisely balanced bass breeze through setup with help from the sonos app you can even use your own remote for control and when the tv is off stream music radio 
podcasts, and audiobooks from all your favorite services. Visit Sonos.com, that's S-O-N-O-S.com to learn more. So Jack, Sean Clifford goes 22-34, 217 yards, three touchdowns. He ran for a touchdown on the QB sneak. Really on paper, this isn't a bad game, but I don't feel like he passed the eye test. How do you feel? I felt exactly the same way, and I think any other Penn State fan would feel that too because although statistically it looked like a dominant win, watching the game, it felt like they were a little bit up and down. They just weren't consistent enough. I I remember hearing uh, Matt McGloin talk to Coach Franklin at halftime, and Coach Franklin said that they just weren't being consistent enough. And, um, you know, it's not the team that's going to make you feel confident that we can go on and win a championship right now. We got to take a game like this as a almost like a wake up call, and um, you know just keep moving forward, learn from the mistakes. You know a win is a win. It's always hard to get a win at a Division One level, so you keep moving forward. But there are a lot of areas in which we need to improve, and we can't afford to get comfortable. No, and that is an important factor. Penn State can't afford to get comfortable because it's about to get really tough coming up in October. This October schedule is is pretty brutal. After Northwestern, it's I mean, you got Michigan, you have Minnesota, you have Ohio State. All of those teams could still be undefeated when you get there. So, Jack, how do you not look forward? How do you not get caught peeking looking at that Ohio State, the Michigan, the Minnesota matchups? Because that's the season right there. The month of October is the Penn State football season. Just want to know, baby. That's that's exactly what okay, it is. Okay, James I Franklin. Mean, James James Franklin says it every week. Every coach says it every week. It's why, you know, as a player, it becomes, uh, you know, you become numb to the saying. But that really is what it is. It's it's not a, you know, it's not a marathon. It's 16, well, sorry, in, in college, it's 12 sprints. And you have to be willing to kind of go all out every week. And you have to approach every single team on your schedule like you, like they approached Auburn. They have to come out with a chip on their shoulder, you know, ready to put it all out there on the field every week. And the moment you get caught looking ahead, you slip up. And you don't, you know, you only get wake up when it gets to halftime against Central Michigan. So, you know, hopefully they can keep riding that momentum and kind of improve in areas in which they need to. Going back to our talk about Sean Clifford, one of the things James Franklin said in the post game is he talked about the cover zero Central Michigan was showing Sean Clifford and 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 how Penn State was unable to take advantage. So and correct me here if I'm wrong. Covered zero, everyone's just man man. There's no over the top right. safety help, none of that. Right. So right. where is a defense susceptible to cover zero? Well, it's just your one-on-one matchups. They're relying on their, you know, their talent they have at receiver and their quarterback to kind of just outwin, out-talent the the secondary of Central Michigan. But Central Michigan came to play, and they showed up with a lot of heart today. And they weren't backing down from Penn State, from the Beaver Stadium, from one hundred six thousand fans in Happy Valley. I mean, they showed up ready to play. So, you know, it's uh, and they shut the running backs down in the first half. It was just, you know, at the end of the second half, they came out and they finally woke up and, you know, decided to play to their abilities. But, you know, you just can't slip up and you can't go in. You can't go into a game against Northwestern, you know, flat footed against, you know, Michigan flat footed. So, you know, it's uh, areas in which you have to kind of improve in. They started out the gate hot. They started out the game hot, but you can't 
go to sleep once you get a couple of touchdowns. You have to kind of keep your foot on the gas. This is a really talented group of pass catchers, though. Are you surprised that they weren't able to take advantage more of the undermatched Central Michigan defense? I mean, guys like Brenton Strange. Brenton Strange is a beast. Guys like Parker Washington... Tinsley, I mean, these guys are super great athletes and pass catchers, but they didn't really excel, and, and we didn't see a ton of separation. Right. I mean, to be fair, I thought the receivers, you know, showed some of their ability today, and they they are, you know, a hell of a receiving core. Um, you know, I thought Brenton Strange had an excellent game, two touchdowns. I mean, he's, uh, you know, they, they've got a lot of weapons on offense. And I wouldn't say the receivers necessarily did too badly throughout the game. They showed a lot of what they can do. A lot of the time in football, it's just a team effort. And it's a lot to do with timing. Can the offensive line protect the quarterback enough for him to kind of see the receiver on, you know, get separation on his route to, to watch the, de- the route develop? Obviously, a lot of it comes back to the quarterback, you know, and the quarterback's ability to get everybody on the same page, to get everybody doing their job at the same time. A lot of the time, it's, you know, you might say, you, you can look at a stat and say, well, the receivers didn't have an excellent day or, you know, whatever, the running backs didn't rush, typically uh, didn't get too many yards in the first half. And, yeah, you can point to the offensive line. You can point to, you know, the the, the level of Central Michigan, the, the secondary playing above their, what we believe they could do. But at the end of the day, you all have to be on the same page. And, you know, I think that the receiving call for Penn State showed a lot of talent today and a lot of fight. But it was just, it felt a little bit like they couldn't string a, a, a few good plays together, you know. We couldn't get them to string a few good drives together throughout, you know, the second quarter and even into the third quarter. It was getting a little bit, you know, dicey. And we started to question, well, how good is this Penn State team? And when they're all on the same page, they can be pretty good. Talking about the receiving stats, uh, Parker Washington finished with six catches, 64 yards. Mitch Tinsley, four for 51 and had the touchdown. Brenton Strange, five for 42 and two touchdowns. Brenton Strange is just so athletic he's so talented when you have a dynamic tight end like that what does that bring an offense and what what advantages can you take advantage what advantages can you take knowing that you have a guy that can block as well as he does and a guy that's really tough to cover in in, by a safety or a linebacker oh well he's like a, a swiss army knife you know i mean someone who's blocking for two of the most elusive running backs in the big 10 and then you've got you know it's when you start to kind of crowd the box and you want to stop the run game, you have a player like Brenton Strange who can go out there and kind of get the first down, who can score touchdowns. Um, you know, there's there's really limitless kind of, you know, plays or, or you know, ways to attack defenses when you have a, a tight end of that stature and someone who can move and catch like that. You know, he, he's such a weapon. So, um, you know, it's, having a player like that is that's why they get paid big bucks in the NFL, you know. No, and Penn State's a bit of a tight end you. I, I know they linebacker you, but Pat Fryermuth, Mike Isecki, Jesse James, right. uh, Bowers, I think. Yep. It's amazing how many great tight ends have come out of this program over the last you know 10 years, really since you were on campus. Right. Yeah, yeah, and they're all just great athletes. And these tight ends, you know, tight end was always one of those positions where you were a uh, looked at as more of a blocker. Typically, tight ends don't get too many receptions, you know, just statistically. 
in fact, when I started my career, I had offers to schools, like all of the schools I had offers to were for tight end and defensive end. And I said, there's no play out. There's no way I wanted to be a tight end. One, I didn't want to block. I was terrible at blocking. And then two, I didn't want to have to depend on the quarterback all the time to get me the ball. You know, you felt like a little, I felt a little limited to how in control of my own destiny I was going to be as a tight end. Now I understand the game a little bit better. You know, certain tight ends can kind of create their own way. But um, yeah, tight ends were kind of those big in-between guys who could run, but they were more blockers. Now the game's changed. Now we have tight ends who are just, you know, especially in the NFL level, who are just weapons. I mean, you look at uh, Mike Gusecki and what he's been able to do down in Miami. I mean, he's a, he's just become a, a weapon for them. And it's, the game's going to keep going that way. Jack Crawford wanted to taste the blood of a quarterback, not prevent it. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. Now let's talk about blocking for the quarterback. It's been inconsistent. Going back to all the inconsistent talk, I mean, it's been inconsistent. Really good last week against Auburn. Not as good this week against Central Michigan. As a defensive end, when you watch that offensive line play, what do you have? What what you're licking your chops at something. I know it. I know you're seeing something that you're saying, oh, I could exploit that. What do you see that you think you could exploit or teams can exploit on that Penn State of offensive line? Well, you know, I think the – I mean, that's tough to say between, like you said, between last game and this game, I felt like the offensive line came out a little bit flat-footed. Number one thing, as a defensive lineman, I'm going up against Penn State. First of all, we know we have to stop the run. That's first and foremost. We have to stop the run game. If we if we don't stop the run game early, like Central Michigan did, it's going to be a long day. And the last thing as a defensive lineman you want to be doing is playing, you know, third and one, second and one downs, where it's just, you know, pure punishment on your body. You know, you want to get off to the quarterback. That's the fun part of being a defensive lineman. So, um, yeah, I, you know, looking at the offensive line today, I felt like they came out a little bit flat-footed. They weren't kind of hanging on to their blocks as long as they could have. You know, they were a little bit sluggish kind of running the ball or go, going down the field and then pass protecting. They were kind of a little bit lackadaisical. They let uh, Clifford get hit a few more times. So, you know, going if I was watching tape, I'm just looking at them as looking to outwork them. If you just keep outwork, if you keep working, keep working, then maybe you can catch one of these guys slipping and get yourself a sack. But, um, you know, I, I think that they're going to learn from this. I think they're going to come back and they're going to understand the challenge that lays ahead of them. And they're going to just up the effort. I didn't see anything that was particularly egregious. I just felt like they didn't play with effort, enough effort that it's going to take to kind of get to a championship. How do you not play with the spark or the energy or the effort? You've mentioned several times this team comes out flat. How does that happen? And this is a Division One football game. This is a, a game as a game as a game. Right. How does how do teams come out flat? And whose responsibility is it to get a team to come out firing? Right. I, I mean, Andrew, I could tell you every answer under the sun. But to, <laughs> if I did, I'd be lying because I've been part of those teams myself. I've been in that exact same position where we've came off two, three games. You know, one of my one of the games that's notable in in, in Tennessee when I was with the Tennessee Titans in twenty twenty. We had come off a three or four game win streak and we felt hot and we were playing against a Cincinnati team that was, I think they were uh, maybe two and eight at the time or one and eight or something like that. And they just whooped us out the stadium. I mean, they ran the ball all over us and we felt like we couldn't get our foot in the ground the entire game. And, 
you know, it's hard. You, every every week, the coach, the head coach, Coach Franklin's going to go and tell them one and zero, and tell them how much is at stake for that week and how much you know. Even though you're playing a team like Central Michigan, there's a lot that you get from a game like that. Those games mean a lot. They mean something, especially to the guys who are trying to earn a job, the guys who are trying to get to the next level. They mean a lot. So you want to go out there and play at your best every single week. But some something in your brain tells you that we beat Auburn last week. We should wipe the floor with Central Michigan this week. And it's hard to turn that switch off. It's hard to get yourself mentally prepared to play Auburn every week. And this team like Central Michigan comes into Beaver Stadium with nothing to lose, thinking to themselves that even if we lose, that's what's expected. So why don't we just go out there and play with nothing to lose and play, you know, with a chip on our shoulder? And they did that. And it's hard, man. If, if, I, could, if I had the answers for you, I would be a Super Bowl winning head coach, but I'm not. <laughs> and coaches struggle with it because they try and do it every week, week in and week out. They try to motivate their guys. You know, how does it, how could you get a player, how could it be hard to motivate a player who's playing in front of 100,000 uh, fans in the stadium? Right. I, I can't answer that question myself. I, I don't know, but it's hard, man. It's hard to get yourself in the mindset to play a team like Auburn every week and show up and affect the quarterback and run the ball on the ground and get your receivers down the field making plays. It's hard, man. It's hard. It's a hard thing to do. But, um, you know, you keep grinding, you learn from your mistakes, and, you, you know, you just keep pushing forward. Maybe one day, Jack, maybe one day you'll be a Super Bowl winning head coach. Maybe one day. But when I figure out how to motivate these guys and, you know, when I figure out how to get guys to play like uh, McGloin did on the clip they showed on TV today and manage to dive, you know, making diving, diving touchdowns, then uh, maybe one day I'll be a Super Bowl winning head coach. Are you looking for undeniably good hair and beard care? Then Maestro's Classic is perfect for you. Maestro's has beard washes, beard oils, beard butters, plus hair gels and pomades. It's one brand for every man. Visit maestrosclassic.com. That's M-A-E-S-T-R-O-S classic.com and use our promo code paydirt 15 Paydirt15 at checkout for 15% off your order. Maestro's Classic, crafting a better you. He is Jack Crawford. I'm Andrew Clay. We're filling in for Tom Hannafin and Matt McGloin today. Jack, of course, a former Penn State football player, played for about 10 years in the NFL. I am, of course, the sports director for Nittany Nation here in Altoona State College, also WTAJ TV. We have just a couple more moments here on the show. Jack, fun anecdote for you. We went to Penn State at the same time. Yep. And yep. the first time I went to an interview, like a football presser, I believe I interviewed you all after Coach Paterno spoke and did his, his Tuesday press conference and on the field. I know you don't know any of this, uh, but I think you were actually the first person I interviewed. So I thought this was kind of really? that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, it was kind of cool then to be paired back up with Jack Crawford yeah. filling in here full on the cir- Life bring you full circle. At the beginning of before my career and now at the end of my career. Yeah. I'm going to meet Andrew Clay. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, been, no, it's it's been pleasure. fun. And it was a great career yeah, you had. And, and, you know, you're dabbling here now in this media game. And, and I think, I mean, we're having a great time here on this show. And, and yeah. you know, how – talking about kind of post-career, how cool was it to kind of just sit back now and watch the game from a different perspective and watch a game to talk about it, not watch a game to try to, to fix what you're doing, but to, to watch a team and figure out what they're doing wrong and, and how to kind of strategize against it. How different is that? Oh, it's extremely different. And to be fair, to be honest with you, I didn't really watch the game that much when I played it. 
you know, because obviously you're watching tape your whole career. I didn't go home and turn on Thursday night football. I didn't go on and, and turn on, you know, Monday night football. I was tired of football. I haven't watched football like like this as a fan from the, from the couch for 10 years. And um, it's different, man. It, it's bittersweet. It's bittersweet. You know, I, I part of me is like watching the game is terrible. It's so boring. I like I liked being on the field. I can't even. I don't even understand why people watch the game when the the real game is on the field and kind of being a battle with your with your brothers out there. Um, but at the same time, I catch myself getting wrapped up in games. You know, I don't particularly root for any NFL team. Just guys I know. But when I'm watching a game, I can't. You know, I can't help myself but scream. That was a hold, or what the hell? That was you know, pass interference. You know, I just say it, it's for me. It's just a natural. It's become an instinct to um, to kind of call things out and, and get invested in a game. And when I see guys that I know, or, or just guys whoever, just get sacks on the field, it kind of make, it brings back that feeling of you know what you do it for and and the, the glory of kind of getting to the quarterback and. Everything you work for, it, it, you know, it makes me feel happy for guys like that. So um, it, it's a different experience. Um, one quick thing, just to you know, give McGloin a shout out. I, I thought he did excellent today on the sideline. By the way, I think uh, McGloin has just continued to kind of impress me. I, you know, I didn't see a whole bunch of his, uh, you know, broadcast work until recently, and I just thought he did such a good job on the sideline today. Uh, they showed a little feature of him. Um, you know, back in, in his Penn State days, his quarterback days, that was, um, you know, it was awesome, man. It was really cool. I thought he just, just did such a great job, you know, on the sidelines, speaking to Coach, Flank, Coach Franklin. I just wanted to give a, a little shout out to him, man. He, he's definitely uh, become a motivation for some guys who are kind of done with football now, but still want to be involved in the game. Yeah, I think Matt's done an excellent job. Uh, it's got a bright future in this industry. Uh, I'm sure he's happy, and, and, and I hope he's listening to us sit in for him this week. We only have another minute, but I want to sneak in one more question for you, Jack. If you could go back and play one more opponent, not necessarily maybe have a redo on a game, but if you could play at one more stadium, one more team, who would you like to go back and play? Is this in college or the NFL? Either or, either or. If you could go back and get one more chance, if you could play one more game, and who would I play for? Whoever you pick, you you pick your era. Let's make this it's a Penn State show. Okay, you go okay, back okay. and play for Penn State for one more game. Who's the opponent and okay. where's the game at? Ooh, that's a good question. Okay, okay. To be fair, I would have to say Ohio State. But a game would be at Beaver Stadium. Of course. A game would be at Beaver Stadium. So in my career, we went two and two against Ohio State in my college career. And um, both times we beat them was in the the horseshoe, was over there in Ohio. And um, yeah, we never got, I never got to the feeling of beating Ohio State in Beaver Stadium, in Happy Valley, and then going out and celebrating at the tailgates right after the game. You know, I never got that experience. And that was the best part. <laughs> no, I'm joking. That wasn't the best part of winning, but it was a good part afterwards because we would just talk about, you know, where we're going to tailgate after the games, you know, where we're going to to enjoy our wins as we did as teammates, as college students. So, um, yeah, I would have to say Ohio State in Beaver Stadium, if I could go back with everything I know now and turn my body back 10 years, turn the clock back 10 years on my body, then I would go back and uh, I would go back and play at Ohio State. 
I think a lot of players would. Jack, this has been a lot of fun. He's Jack Crawford, former Penn State football player. I'm Andrew Clay. We're sitting in for Tom and Matt. They will be back with you for their preview this week against Northwestern. Nittany Lions back at home next week as they continue Big Ten play. Jack, I've had a lot of fun. Awesome, man. Likewise, man. It's been a pleasure being on with you guys, and I hope to be on again in the future. Nah, sounds good. Well, thank you for tuning in on ESPN Radio State College, as well as checking out the podcast version of this show presented by the Believe Network, which is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can follow along with Twitter. Let us know what you think of the show at ESPN Radio 1037, at Matt McGloin, QB11, and at Tom Hannafin. Thank you all so much for joining us. We'll be back on ESPN Radio State College on Mondays and Fridays from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern for the remainder of the Penn State football season. If you want to check out the podcast version of this show presented by the Believe Network, this episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, let us know what you think of the show on Twitter at ESPN Radio 1037 at McGloin QB11 and at Tom Hannafin. Pater is presented by Bet Online and by Funk Brewing. Thanks again, everyone, and join us next week for more Pater. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.